An armed security officer who stood outside a Florida school as a gunman killed 17 has now been arrested himself and is facing multiple charges, including child neglect and perjury. Now, Scott Peterson was a security guard at the uh, high school in Parkland, Florida, who did not enter as shots rang out last year and then later resigned from his position. U.S. President Donald Trump at the time called him a coward for not acting. Mr. Peterson said that he did not know where the uh, gunfire was uh, coming from. And if you recall, 17 were killed, as I mentioned, in the uh, massacre in Parkland back on Valentine's Day of last year. And joining us uh, for more on this is Global News uh, Radio 640 Toronto legal expert Joseph Newberger joins us on the line. Joseph, how are you this afternoon, my friend? I'm very good. How are you? Doing okay, thank you. Uh, thanks for the time, as always. And uh, first off, can you just uh, break down the charges for us that Mr. Peterson is uh, facing? He's been uh, charged with uh, uh, seven counts, I believe, right? There's a number of counts. So there's first seven counts of neglect of a child, three counts of culpable negligence, and one count of perjury, which I assume arises from his interviews with police. Right. And uh, these counts of uh, neglect of a child, these uh, directly relate to him uh, not going uh, into the school that day? Yeah, the the negligence, uh, culpable negligence, along with the neglect of a child, all relate directly to his inaction when he was hearing the shots and did not enter the school uh, and trying to determine where the shooter was and to take down the shooter. Yeah. Is this a first, uh, do you know, uh, Joseph, is this precedent setting these charges against the security guard uh, for for not acting? I think it is. Uh, In fact, this had a lot of media attention today. And and from what I understand, in the United States and and in Canada, I haven't heard of anything like this either. But thank God we don't have too many of these events, uh, fortunately. But uh, in the United States, it is precedent setting because a security guard or a police officer, I believe, has never been charged with anything regarding neglect of a child arising from their duty. And the Supreme Court in the United States actually has said that police officers do not have that duty because you can imagine any number of circumstances where there's some harm that comes to a child, um, police officers could be sued or charged. So that that's straightforward. Um, this is a bit different simply because this individual was contracted by the school for a specific job, and it's from that relationship where the prosecuting authorities are building the nexus that he had a duty to protect these children, and he was negligent in that regard and failed uh, or neglected to protect the children. Yeah, usually when you uh, fail to perform your duties or fail to uh, perform your job, uh, you end up being fired uh, by your employer. It's uh, something uh, quite different to, uh, you know, be criminally charged for not doing your job. You're absolutely right. This is a very significant move. Um, I think it's an incredibly emotional move because there's a lot of grieving parents. The community is grieving. You know, the anybody who looks at the video of the individual who's the security guard standing there can't help but think, how can you do that? So this is incredibly emotive, and it's motivated by a lot of, uh, of horror as to what happened and how this individual failed to do their job. That being said, I agree. I think it's a fairly significant threshold for the prosecution to get over. I think it's more of a legal question than it is a factual, because clearly this individual failed to do their job, failed to protect the children in the school. I think it's more a legal question for a jury to decide when this comes to trial. All right, justifiably so. As you mentioned, there's a lot of emotion uh, surrounding this. Uh, Do we have any sense as to whether or not these charges are going to stand up in a uh, court of law? Well, I think this will definitely go to trial. Um, uh, You know, there will be a lot of legal wrangling about what evidence can be called because if a jury hears from grieving parents uh, and others, that's going to be extremely emotional for a jury, and it's not necessarily relevant to 
whether this person had that legal duty, whether it was breached and arises to a criminal standard. So is this really properly criminalized, I think, is, again, more of a legal issue. But I do think it'll go through to trial. If convicted, this will probably go, definitely it'll go to appeal and may get overturned by a court of appeal because I think this is, as horrific as this is, I don't want to sound not sensitive to, to the death that happened here and the lack of action of this person, but uh, this could be a trem- you know a very dangerous precedent to set uh, if there is a conviction. Yeah, and I wanted to talk a bit about that as well. Uh, what sort of consequences uh, this could have, these uh, charges and uh, particularly conviction in this case, could have on security guards, police officers, other first responders uh, when, when they're faced with a uh, tragic and intense situation? But that's exactly right. So you can't take out the human element from how police officers and other first responders like security guards are dealing with the situation. And if you criminalize the lack of action, um, then what you're going to do, I think, is send a chilling effect um, through the community um, of those who are either applying to or working in those areas. And there's a lot of judgment calls that have to be made as well when you're in a very highly charged situation and your training kicks in. It's still, there's, you know, fractions of seconds to make decisions. If uh, police officers or security guards are now having to second-guess themselves uh, in those situations, that does nothing in the future, in my opinion, to protect people who need to be protected by persons in authority like this. Yeah, because aren't there situations where a police might arrive on scene and uh, decide that uh, they need to, uh, you know, wait for backup? I mean, we've seen that in movies and uh, TV shows and such, but aren't there uh, cases where it is just not uh, safe or advisable for first responders to uh, proceed uh, until they've got, uh, you know, again, backup or proper support? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, from a, a simply, you know, common sense standpoint, Police, uh, you know, a police officer who's in his cruiser arrives or he or her, her arrives on scene to a shooting and is not able to assess where the shooter is right away and, and there are danger issues, they're not obligated to run in right away and get shot. Although, you know, I, I can't imagine too many who would not run in to try and do everything they can to protect the child. But that's a decision that we have to leave up to the officers on the scene reacting to the events as they unfold. And in some cases, if you if they don't know where the shooter is or what the circumstances are, they need backup or a SWAT team or a more tactical team to come and assist. And there needs to be some time to assess the situation because, you know, good, God forbid, there could be even more damage caused by having a precipitous action. This case is really quite stark because we've got the video literally of this security guard seeking cover and doing absolutely nothing. And that is contrary to, I think, what, what he said publicly and what, what his interview was. So this is highly emotive, in it, and it's a case that will have to be carefully handled. I hope will be carefully handled. Yeah, is that video, Joseph, do you think it would be a mitigating factor? Because I was just thinking as we were discussing, uh, you know, the chilling effect this might have on police and first uh, responders, is that likely to be the defense that Mr. Peterson and his legal team will have put forward? I, I'd imagine that, you know, he, he froze in the circumstances. He'll still stick to the story that I didn't know where the shooter was. And, you know, his, his inaction was for four seconds, five seconds, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it's not a tremendous amount of time. And, you know, I, I think the defense will be quite strong that, you know, there was a decision made. Uh, it, was, it was highly emotional and it was happening and unfolding very fast. This doesn't rise to the level of criminalization. It may be negligence. It may be on a civil standard, should lose his job, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But this is not a criminal charge that should that he should be convicted of
Yeah, the fact that Mr. Peterson is a security guard, albeit an armed uh, security uh, guard, would that play into it all that uh, maybe he could argue that his training and his background doesn't rise to that of a uh, full police officer, uh, as it were? I'm sure. And then, you know, his training, I don't know. I mean, I would I would imagine that if he got a job uh, to work as security at the school, then his specific charge is to protect those children. And in the United States, it's not an unforeseen incident that a shooter will arrive at the school and start shooting teachers and students. So I would have hoped that there would be part of that training and how to engage. But maybe the training teaches other things as well, which we don't know anything about. And, you know, he certainly would not be uh, as trained as somebody who's in a tactical unit dealing with terrorist-type acts. And so, you know, we'll have to see how that unfolds. Definitely he's going to rely on, on training and not having the experience necessary. But also this is a fraction of time where somebody freezes. And again, does that rise to the level of criminalization? I think that's really the key legal issue here. Yeah, just finally, Joseph, what's your sense of the fact that he was a security guard and not a, a fully deputized uh, you know, police officer uh, here? Is he being treated differently by the law? Would it be uh, likely that a, a police officer, not a security guard, but a police officer w- would be charged uh, uh, for not uh, executing their duties? Well, you know, I'm not exactly sure what his full background is because I was hearing some media reports about him previously being in law enforcement and then taking this job on contract as a security guard. But let's for a moment assume that it was a 20-year veteran who now took a job as a security guard at a school and who does have sufficient training. We would be in the same situation, I imagine, if the person took no action whatsoever, regardless of whether being a security guard or a police officer. And again, I I would imagine, I might be wrong, but I would imagine that if you are getting the job to protect the school in the United States where you know these shootings occur, that training better focus on a tactical element of that and how to deal with those situations when they arise. Certainly interesting charges, an interesting case that uh, has got lots of consequences and repercussions. Joseph Newberger, appreciate the time as always, my friend. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Take care. There goes Joseph Newberger, 640 Toronto's legal expert.